Okay, so welcome to the Success Stories. My name is John Belton, and today I'm sitting down with the wonderful Courtney Smith, aka Coco, aka the girl who loves lots of shoes, Harley Davidsons, and dogs. Is that correct? That's pretty bang on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming in to see me today. Turn off your phone. <laughs> So, Coco, thanks a million for coming in. Is it okay to call you Coco still? It is. I, I said when I met you many years ago that my friends called me Coco, so you can still call me Coco. Uh, okay, so I'm still in that category. That's good <laughs> to hear. Uh, so that was back in 2011 or 12. I yeah. think you just decided to come up the stairs. Yeah. Back I, then, you came into the gym, uh-huh. number 17, my gym, and you said you wanted to train. It was a time where we had a huge influx of influencers coming in and everybody else, which was great. And... Out of everybody that came in, you were the only person who asked to pay. Was I? I yeah. didn't remember that. <laughs> so from that day forward, I went, she's a very good person. I like her. Before we get into that, yeah, Courtney Smith, what is your definition of success? Um, I think this is really hard. And I was actually listening to your last podcast with Mazer. And I think he also said it was really hard to define. Mm-hmm. Because like him, the goalposts are always moving. And this is going to sound like the wrong answer but I also think it kind of has to be said because I don't think you can say you're successful if you're not making money and I'm not money orientated but you also like you would never say someone who doesn't have any money has made a success because obviously they go hand in hand Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say that ultimately success to me is happiness And money doesn't mean happiness, but success to me is feeling fulfilled in what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's constantly changing. Because when I met you, I probably was like, I really, really would love to do an international photo shoot for like a massive magazine. And I've done that now. I did a shoot for El Croatia. Mm -hmm. And like, obviously, it's that's all over the world. I actually knew that 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 shows a bigger deal it is that I knew that. Yeah, it's huge. Like, and, and look, as an Irish stylist, getting a print in something that big is a big deal. But as soon as that happened, I was like, okay, that's done. What's next? What's next? So while that was a successful moment for me, it's it just kind of essentially the goalposts were then moved. So I was like, okay, so what's next? So I kind of feel like it's a very hard thing to define, but I am at a place in my life where I am financially sound, which makes things a little bit easier. Always. But the goals that I'm reaching are still quite far away. Okay, so that backs up a lot of stuff I would believe in as well. As someone once said to me, money isn't everything, but it is up there with oxygen. So Yeah, well, I mean, you, you need, need money it. to live. You do. And I think as a nation, I've said this before on my podcast, as a nation, we're sometimes embarrassed to say that we want to be wealthy. It's like, oh, Jesus, you're a bad person if that's the case. A hundred percent. I feel like it's there's still a kind of stigma t- attached to it that like about greed or something like that. And mm. it's, it's not that. I don't feel like I need to have loads of money, but I obviously you need enough to survive. But then also the more money you make, the more successful you are. Like, they go hand in hand. You can't deny that. It can't. Well, it depends on mm. where... You see, we all have different yeah, meanings of success. That. Yes, yeah. So if, if success is spending time with your dog or yes, your kids... which I also love doing. And you're working loads to make loads of money and it's taking you from that, then have you got full success in your life? And that's, there's no straight answer to that because success no. is kind of is very much an individual thing. Um, the biggest thing that I've taken from whatever four or five podcasts is that it, it does constantly slide for people. Yeah. So, you know, at one stage it was saving your first thousand euros and then it became, you know, going out with that girl and then it became, or guy, and then it became, I want to learn how to ride a Harley Davidson. Yes. <laughs> and all of these little things along the way. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go back to what I said at the start. Coming in the door... In 2011, in the height of the influencer era in in Dublin, which is not really a thing, <laughs> but I had set up a business and everybody was pulling out of me in a great way, but people wanted to be in the gym, people wanted to tweet about it, and people wanted to train for free. Uh-huh. Now, it was a very new world for me, and I kind of associated a bit of fame and excitement with all of that, very foolishly. Uh-huh. Um, and you came in the door and you were like, oh no, I want to pay just like send me an invoice and I was like okay so she, this is a business person this is not sorry and it sounds like I'm giving out about every influencer <laughs> and, and I probably am and that's grand what is different about you to everyone else how have you survived when some people are putting themselves out there as as uh, you know you're very much a brand uh, my mum loves you Aww. my fiance loves you people you know people know you you're, you're very well respected and um, 
I couldn't find any dirt on you online. Oh, there's plenty <laughs> out there. You didn't look hard enough. So what do you think are the big things that ground you? What, where did it come from? What was your childhood like? Is there something there that you think you learned from an early stage that you've brought through into your career and into your life as you moved on? I think, firstly, I still, I never did and I still don't consider myself an influencer. And I think that's probably the first thing. Um, I consider myself a businesswoman, which is Ooh, what you yeah, touched okay. on. And I suppose going back to like the early days, my dad was self-employed and he worked so hard. Now he worked from home, but he worked his ass off. He was constantly in the office and he was he was constantly bringing his laptop on holiday. So I do remember the graft that he, he did throughout his entire business life. And I definitely think that rubbed off on me. But in terms of when I started my own business, like, like you were saying, you were a new business and I was still a new business, but it never even occurred to me to ask for a freebie because mm. I was getting a service from you which I wanted and therefore I was going to pay for it. So your value system is very much aligned with what mine would be in. You know, we see that, I'm sure you notice that people are looking for freebies off you and looking, and that's fine. There's a balance with all that. If I, if I, the first thing, if I'm taking someone's time for a service, I want to make sure that they feel valued and paid for it. Um, and do you, you feel that as well? That's something that resonates a little bit with you, that you can see the importance of someone's given their time, you want them to get paid and you want to kind of feel like they're at least worth their a, a discounted rate. Yeah, and do you know, it's, it's not to take away from from that either because I do feel like there is a there is a space for that. Like, And I think there that collaboration side of things does work, but I think it's, there's, it's overdone. Mm-hmm. And I think people are, they're taking the piss out of it as well. And and, and sometimes that's the brand's fault as much yeah. as it is the influencer. Like yeah. I, only this week I got reached out to, I won't say the name of the brand, but I got reached out to, you want me to? No, no. <laughs> Do you want me to? <laughs> no. I got reached out to not. by a brand who were launching this week and they were, um, gifting influencers and they were like we'd love you to come in and we'll give you an entire outfit and like it was a high-end luxury designer brand and they're like we'll give you a whole outfit we just want you to post it and come to the event wearing it Mm -hmm. and I wrote back and I was like thank you so much that's such a lovely message I'll be totally honest like I'm not a fan of the brand not that I'm not a fan of the brand but it's not it doesn't align with my style yeah and I was like, so it's not worth it to you for me to wear your gorgeous outfit just because it's a free outfit. Mm. Go to your event and then I'll never wear it again. And I was like, first of all, along the lines of sustainability, that makes absolutely no, no sense. sense. Yep. Because if I'm going to have clothes, I'm going to want to wear them. And secondly, it doesn't make sense for you as a brand because you want people who are genuinely, genuinely going to wear that brand and love that brand. Yep. And like, I think they were just in shock that it turned down because mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. Yeah, like most crazy. people are like, oh, free stuff. Yes. And, and like they don't think about it whereas I turn down more things than I say yes to because I wanted to a align with me and make sense but I also I just don't want to get caught up in that and I like like that I would rather pay for certain things and pay for services I'm renovating my house at the moment the amount of stuff that I've been offered for free okay. is actually ridiculous to the point where I'm like how many of these influencers have free houses <laughs> because like <laughs> yeah well it does some of it um but like first of all my 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 boyfriend's not in the industry at all. And he was very much like, "Mm, I don't think so because this is our home. It's going to be our sacred place. I don't particularly want everything plastered all over Instagram. I am putting up the renovations because I think they're really interesting. Yeah, it is. People are, and it shows you and and paints you in the right light that you're in the trenches. You know what's going on. Yeah. And also because I think, I think interiors and fashion align really well because Mm -hmm. it is very much an aesthetic based thing. But he didn't want it to be like, here I am in my, with my free wood floors and that kind of thing, which I wouldn't do anyway. But he was very much like, I'm sure there's certain things along the line that, you know, I might collaborate with, you know, some sort of interior designer, who knows. But the amount of things that we got offered off the get-go, and I was just like... No. Yeah, and now I feel bad because I we offered you a flow state mat when we got one. And I feel <laughs> really bad now. Um, and I, I can see here really my flow state though. t-shirt on as well. I'm completely <laughs> pimping myself out. Uh, no, but things like that, you know, and it's, especially actually when you reached out to me, that was more like I wanted to say yes because you're obviously people that I know and love, but also that it was a new business that I wanted to support. That's different. Yeah. That's not like here's a free outfit and we like it wasn't that kind of I don't think it it, it wasn't working that way for me I understand so you talk a lot about what's aligned with you Mm -hmm. and you talk about for me it's you seem to know your brand very very well 
you know yourself very, very well. Are they two separate entities? Because it must be really hard for me. People are saying, your gym should be called John Belton Personal Training. Mm. I'm like, absolutely not. But you are Courtney Smith style, isn't that correct? Yeah. So is it hard for you to separate yourself? Is there is there like a Courtney Smith style and a Coco? Is there a Courtney no. Smith style and a girlfriend? And a, is that difficult for you? Um... I think I, it's that's a good question. Um, I think the they're the same. <laughs> I think I no. I think I'm totally. It, they they merge a hundred percent. I do in terms of um, when I met you, I was uh, like a little workaholic. That's mm-hmm. all I did. I was building my brand, yeah. and I'm still building my brand. Constantly, but I'm right? I'm constantly like it, it's mm-hmm. always evolving. But I'm also eleven years doing this now, and I feel like maybe in the last, even just in the last two years, I have been able to step back and start to, I suppose, enjoy everything a little bit more and have more of a personal life. Uh, Like we got a dog two and a half years ago, best thing ever. Um, But you do, you actually, like even just having her makes you want to take more time out and go for long walks on the beach and just enjoy life a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So I definitely have a much better work-life balance than I used to. But even when I'm on the life side of things, I'm still, it's still me. I'm still loving fashion. I'm still, like I still want to capture things from my Instagram that's aesthetically pleasing. So I think they completely cross over. They blend, they merge because... That's just me. I'm. I'm. I've always been obsessed with fashion, mm. and and I I love social media yeah. in in yeah, a good course, way. As do I. Just for the record. Yes. But it definitely frustrates me for numerous different little reasons. Yeah. Mostly. So, do you think that like, over the years, so fashion is something you're very passionate about? So really, you when I when I hear you talk, it's like when you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. That's that it. Really That's it cool for me. Instagram piece, and that resonates with me as well right up until the point where I have to pay bills. And yeah. then it's like, okay, you know what? This does feel like work and I need to do that. What do you think over the years, if anything, what do you think you've sacri- sacrificed for your success? Or have you made any sacrifices? Oh yeah, definitely. I And, and again, it's really only the last couple of years I've kind of recognised that, mm. was, was my social life. Because I very much, I was the girl that missed all the family get-togethers, birthdays like I missed my grand all of my grandparents like recent birthdays um I missed family holidays I miss like I would cancel on things for a job yeah like family things or friends birthdays um and it's really only in the last couple of years that I've recognized that and I'm now I make such an effort to be at all of these personal events because Mm -hmm. life's too short you know what I mean and you you want to you want to make sure that you're there for those precious moments because what's the point otherwise yeah so that's kind of backing up that barometer of success changed and you know oh, totally changed. sometimes you need a realization sorry in so many things in life you need a yeah. realization which you kind of have to just find out the hard way you know what it might be i ran a marathon and i'm still not happy with myself i need to yeah. look at different areas of my life or it might be oh my god i've been working all this time and i don't know my family anymore and that was it like when i was training with you i lived like two minutes away from I the gym and i never went home like i my parents we only live in north county dublin and i i didn't go home at the weekends like i could go six weeks without seeing my parents yeah. which was just bizarre but I was constantly like I would work at the weekends I used to always host fashion shows for for um like big stores so at the weekends I was working and then Sunday I'd be like oh you know too lazy or whatever and and then obviously I actually moved back out near my parents now and it's lovely because we've got such a great relationship yeah. and I'm constantly there my sister had a baby and I think oh, that was actually one yeah. of the big changing big points life for me event. yeah I didn't want to I was actually at the time even considering potentially moving abroad again. Oh, wow. And yeah, I was kind of toying with what, the idea. Where did you live abroad before? I lived in London before I moved back. Okay. Uh, like, so before I met you, I, was, I lived oh, okay. in London for realize. almost two years. Okay. And then I was, yeah, I was considering kind of like, I was like, have I not peaked here, but have I done everything that I could possibly do here? Mm-hmm. And I was toying with the idea of potentially moving to London, potentially moving to New York. Like it was still very much you know, in the works, but, and then my sister was pregnant and she had Logan and I was just like, I don't want to miss yeah, any so of this. Nice. I, I really didn't. It's and that was a big special, changing yeah. moment for me. And I think a lot of people as well, like define success. I've met a few stylists and a few people who are like, oh, well, like, I mean, if you don't make it in London or you don't make it in New York, have you really made it? And I go, mm, yeah, I think, I think so. I don't feel, mm-hmm. I don't feel like Ireland is limiting me in any way. Yeah. And especially now because the industry is changing so much that everything's going digital. So what's to stop me from 
like absolutely nailing it worldwide, but being based here. Oh yeah. Okay. So how has the industry changed? It's gone like, um, how are we faring out in the world of, in your world, what's Ireland like? Is it a little tiny pinprick in the fashion world? Are we starting to get established now? Are we starting to see Ireland grow into different? I think it's always been big in terms of designers. Like we've got some incredible Mm -hmm. designers around the world who are really well known. Um, In terms of like creatives, we're, we're getting there. There's a couple of really amazing Irish photographers, stylists. Okay. So what's a creative just for a non for a non fashion creative. person? <laughs> person who so wears tracksuits all the time. Anyone in the fashion industry who might be like an art director gotcha. or um, a fashion stylist, yeah. hair, makeup, okay. nails, photography. Right. So anyone who might kind of work on set. Basically, yeah, the behind the scenes, the people. behind the scenes people, okay. and we have some amazing names around the world, and it's really probably only in the last five years that that's kind of blown up mm-hmm. a little bit more. Yeah. But we're also seeing a lot of those who were based abroad coming back. Wow! So, and For I what reason? I don't know. Maybe just age. Maybe they want to be nearer home. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're they're so established now worldwide it doesn't really matter. Okay, where they are because the world has gone global, uh, digital, like you just said. One hundred percent. There's okay, a, an amazing photographer, Boo George, who's like shot like huge campaigns like Armani mm, you name okay. it and he's basing himself I think from Cork is he like Irish? He, he's Irish wow. and he moved as far as I, I've been told he moved back to Cork and he's now based from Cork and if you want him you fly him from Cork and I just love that I think it's it's brilliant to see that he's he lived in New York lived in London and now he's back uh, in Ireland because mm. he knows his name is so big that if they want him they will get that him there wow well, that's nice yeah and that nice to be a, in that position nice to be in that position <laughs> I wonder if people fly me to New York to train them people fly for you though Millie comes over and she's like of course that's I the only, only reason John. she ever comes to Dublin <laughs> <laughs> so you've good roots in North County Dublin then that's fair to say yeah okay well that's a nice thing and family something that's important to you you spoke already about your sister your dad your Hugely, dog and yeah. all that sort of stuff for me, I had to have like a quarter life crisis before I realised all that sort of stuff. There was this aha moment, like you, my sister had a, I had a little, well, she's now three little babies. <laughs> and you kind of, you, do you find yourself like that you get so pulled into work and like the years fly by that all of a sudden you have this nearly awakening where you're like, holy crap, I've been so, like I've lived in that basement for so long in Maryland yeah. Square and the world has just passed me by. That's yeah. the biggest thing I think I sacrificed. It was like, haven't been speaking to friends, haven't been, like you said, my, my social life and all that sort of stuff. But I don't, when I think about it, I don't regret it for a second. No. I, nearly feel, I nearly feel guilty saying that. And you shouldn't, but I, I know where you're coming from. I'm the same because during that graft, like I don't remember most of the time when I was living in town, like apart from the working out with of you course. guys. But it, it does all, like there's about six years there that for me feel like just a blur, like oh, a so total bad. blur. It makes me feel good that you're the same though. Total blur. But mm. it's, it was a blur of grafting mm. and that's probably why. And even the work that I did back then, I don't even particularly rate it, but I feel like I probably had to do it to get to where I am now. Yes, the yeah. work that I've done, like in terms of like photog- like the photography work that I've put out there with the wor- photographers that I work with is, I think, the best work that I've done. Mm-hmm. And I know obviously that's because taste evolves and changes and trends move as well. But if I'm to look at my entire life's work of over 11 yeah, years, yeah. it's really the last four years that I'm like, yeah, I- I'm actually really proud of it. And I know it's good. And I know it sounds cocky when you say that. No, but it doesn't it's like, sound cocky. That's Irish as well. Yeah, it's so Irish, isn't Stop it? Stop it. Yeah. Don't say that. We're not letting you go any further into that. <laughs> it is. Oh, God, no, wait there. I'm good, but I'm actually crap. No, uh, no I know I'm good at my yeah, job. Yeah, you are good. Then I don't am? say anything okay. else. I'll just well done. I'm really good at my job. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> And that's okay to say that. Yeah. Why do we do that? We feel like know. we need to be like, I'm good, but I'm not good. But I'm good. Do you know what I mean? But I'm not that bad. So when you're getting into your flow we're going to use flow here on this but when you're getting into your artistic flow and your creative sort of side like do you think the last four years were deadly and great work was happening is that because other areas of your life aligned or is that just because you got a little bit more experience and the example I'm going to give is for you're a creative visual person so your surroundings have such an impact I would imagine on your life as do mine so if you're not in an apartment house or city that you feel comfortable in that can just kind of null your senses and you know take away from that creativity am I just making all of this stuff up is this something that you you feel like in the last four years can you put your finger down to changes you made holistically for want even though it's a cheesy word holistic changes you made in your life that have resonated and transferred over into different parts of your creative kind of senses I'd actually never thought about it until right now when you said it but I did get a new studio space four years ago and that was one of the big things because it was a beautiful big space 
that I could breathe in. And it was a a space that I was away from. Like my, it was the first time really that my work was my work and my home was my home. And when I went home, I switched off. I used to always bring my work home. Used to drive my boyfriend insane because I'd be sitting there and be like, I have to work, I have to work Mm -hmm. because I didn't really have a space. So I was constantly, wherever I went, it was part of, it was was my workspace because it was my laptop and I'd go to a cafe. That was my workspace. So you lost lost Coco to Courtney Smith style a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I got a workspace and it was amazing in Temple Bar and I based myself from there and it was there long hours. Like I was there like, first thing in the morning until seven o'clock in the evening. But as soon as I was home, that was my switch off That was taken off. hundred mm, percent. But then when I was in work, I was so focused and I feel like that was, yeah, that was probably when I did my most creative work. And I started working with new people as well. I started working with a lot more young, talented creatives. I think I probably got stuck into a bit of a rut mm-hmm. working with the same person or a couple of people over and over again. Okay. And then maybe just from being in that space, I was like, I started being introduced to new creatives and working with new teams. And I think the more new people that you kind of bring into your life, the more it evolves you. Yeah, or evolve, It evolved me as a stylist because every time I'm on set, I learn something new yeah. from somebody, like every single time, even yeah. now. And every time I was on set, I think I was getting better as a stylist then. Because of the people you were yeah. surrounding. So, I see that so much. It's like the people you surround yourself with, the conversations you have, the different walkway that you take to work one morning, whatever that is, when you change your surroundings and change the people around yeah. you, isn't it amazing how that ripples into other spaces and ripples into your work or your personal life? We um, So the new gym that we're in, I mean, it's since January and last April due to renovation work and something, the landlord told me the gym's getting knocked down. And I was like, I have to put my life's work, all my savings into this place. So that was April. So from April to December of last year, we were kind of going, are we going to be thrown out of here? What's going to happen? And I was in this place where I was so, all I could think about was survival. Yeah. And I was in this place of not being able, you know, it was very difficult without sort of, you know, playing the poor me card. It was difficult. I had seven or eight trainers working with me. I wanted to propose to Adrian. I wanted to do all these things. I'm like, where am I going to be in six months time? And it was amazing. It's amazing now, a year later, to look back at that and I track a lot of stuff, whether it's metrics in the business or training or whatever like that. But it's amazing to see how much growth we've experienced since we got into the new space. And just for the record, the landlord really looked after us and everything went so smoothly. So it's great. Uh, but there's still a fear around your business, which yeah. is which I'm stupidly going to say it's your baby. It is. And it's, it's terrible. It shouldn't be, but it just is. Um, but it's a part of you. Yeah. But then you know what? If that gets, if it can't be a part of you, that's the big thing. It, it, it has to be a business because as soon as it becomes a part of you, if it, if someone tries to take it from you, you don't know who you are anymore. You feel like it's a limb going and it's, that's fucking stupid. It's a business at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, but see, you're a little bit different to me because like you kind of said at the beginning, I am, I'm a brand. So I do, like, I mean, they literally have to take my limb. Yeah, okay. You know fair. what I mean? Yes. But also I do feel like if someone said to me tomorrow, you can't be a stylist anymore. I feel like, I feel like I'd evolve anyway within the fashion industry. Like I already dipped my toes into so many different fields. I went back and I designed a shoe collection with Buffalo. I saw that. I've, you know, done columns with different magazines, um, styling obviously, but I also do creative direction and production. So what's that? So, uh, like for example, I just uh, did the Elvery's Christmas campaign. Okay. So I, came up with the creative concept for their new Christmas. There was no styling involved, but I came up with the creative concept, worked with the videographer, booked all the team, uh, kind of scheduled everything because that's my role as a stylist how anyway. How did you learn how to do all that? I just did. Just from being in the trenches, working away. and Yeah, like as a stylist, that's kind of part of my job. So if I get hired by an editor for, from a magazine to, pr- for, to put a shoot together, it's my job really as a stylist to produce it. Like maybe it's not abroad, but here it is. We don't really yeah. have art directors or yeah. producers. So if I'm getting hired by a magazine to do a shoot, I'm the one that calls in hair, makeup, model, I'm usually the one that does the uh, the mood board. Sometimes you collaborate with the photographer. Sometimes you do it first and then you book the photographer. And then they give out about it. And, and then they give out about it and change it. Yeah. But that that's kind of part of my role. So my role has very much evolved from that. And I sometimes now just get booked as a creative director, yeah. uh, which is great because mm-hmm. 
to be perfectly honest, as much as I love styling, I don't think, I don't actually think I'll be doing it in 10 years time. Same personal training. I love it. I don't think I'll be doing it in five years time. There maybe, you go. Maybe even three years time. Because yeah. it, it is something that have a little bit more time in the trenches, as I call it, working one-to-one with people. And, and I love it. But I suppose we have different businesses. But now John Belton and number 17 are growing. And it's a case where it's like, well, I have to start becoming the director, the art director exactly, versus yeah. the photographer. It's the evolution of it, really. Exactly. And I feel like eventually I will be, I'd love to go back and design my own collection at some stage. Oh, what's a collection? I'm sorry. <laughs> what is it? Is that clothes? Like, yeah, clothes. Okay, so my, so own, my own line. So gotcha. like, yeah. So I'd love, that's what I studied in, in school. So I studied fashion design okay. and then I ended up being a stylist, but I'd love to go back to design eventually. Um, so I don't know, I could end up being a fashion like designer yeah. or Maybe I'll end up being a fashion editor for a magazine or I'll start a website. Who knows? Design like activewear? The, I could design some flow state activewear. Um, I don't know. You just, you never know. Like I, I'm, I'm always open to change and to evolve. I never thought I'd, I'd have people paying me to do Instagram posts either. Like wow. that's very, that's something that happened very organically. I never even looked for that. And I think it just happened because I was on TV. No, it happened because you're a good person. And th- th- so that's the reality really? of it. Do you think, do you think everybody well, okay, that gets paid on your... Instagram is a good person? No, but, it, but this <laughs> is what's happening because I am going to put my hand up here and say, I've got paid recently to put something on Instagram. There you go. But it's not because I'm a good person. It's because people are lacking authenticity. Yes. Now. The world is lacking authenticity. And sometimes I can't pronounce that word very well, but authenticity <laughs> is so important. And you can see that is the one thing that constantly resonates, that bounces back from you is the, okay, they're beautiful photographs that you put on your social media. We can see your authentic side come out all the time. Yeah. You are a hard grafter, you're a hard worker, you're in the trenches, you've done your, your time in, you know, like that on, on shoots and driving stuff around in your car to different shoots. Adrian told me the story about you picking her up yeah. one time, you, her first ever model shoes. But that's starting to shine through a lot more now. The brands, brands are, I think, I don't know your world, but I think brands are looking at people who are real, people who are authentic, people who make mistakes. Um, and they not, are now. They, they are, there was a while they now. weren't. Yeah, there wasn't. And I know now, I've noticed people are now saying that they're trying to be real or they're going to take this time to be real on Instagram. And like, if you're trying to be real, there's <laughs> something a little bit wrong about yeah. that. Um, but that, that's what bends it back is you're a good person. You're, you know, your values are good. On, you know, you can see that you're hardworking and brands want to be associated with you. And that's really good. And I'm, if, if I had a brand that could afford you, I'd be saying, let's get associated <laughs> with her. Um, so that's, that's really, really solid. Do you ride Harley Davidsons? I do. What the hell? <laughs> I, I like you. Asked. Had a little midlife crisis, and <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I yeah, I bought a Harley Davidson for my thirtieth because I just thought, why the hell not? Well, what else would you buy? What, what else would you buy for your thirtieth birthday for yourself? Uh, yeah, I bought a Harley, but I bought it was it's a Street Seven Fifty, so it's like it's like the entry level yeah, Harley. It's like the, can I say the girly version? Yeah. Girly well, they, model, no, they model. did. No, they you actually. Can't say that. Okay. Can you not? <laughs> well, no. He, <laughs> they did actually bring it out. They actually did design it with women and teenage boys in mind yeah. because it is. Um, it's less heavy. It's near. It's closer to the ground. Uh, it goes around corners really neatly. Yeah. So it was designed to with that because you know women go around corners I, really. There's wide. so many things I could say that I'm <laughs> don't, definitely just not going to say, especially when I'm sitting here with a, a dirty Harley <laughs> Davidson motash on me. I did, yeah. It's it's brilliant. And actually, that's another thing. I love, I mean, not in this weather because it's absolutely Baltic yeah. outside. But um, that's something I love doing that's at the weekends. It's escapism, is it? It is a I nice bit of escapism. Because I often talk about the fact that I bought a saxophone to try and get myself from it. Like my Can hobby was it? training. Absolutely not. I make terrible <laughs> noise out of it. But I look at it a lot and I'm going to get back into it. I might serenade Adrian at the wedding. Oh, lovely. <laughs> but it, I, I, like, I wanted something so different from what my day-to-day mm peace was in my midlife crisis I bought a saxophone I couldn't afford a Harley like you um, and it's so you're not doing just, enough Instagram posts yeah. <laughs> maybe if I buy a Harley it'll work in a reverse kind of manner so do you get out on it much or what's the story with that yeah like during the summer we'd be out on it every weekend and Amazing. then we used to actually um go into town on it like maybe on a Friday or something yeah, as well lovely. but then we got Lexi and we bring Lexi's our Rottweiler yeah, well, and yeah. we bring her into work so we bring, like when I had the office in Temple Bar I used to bring her in and then Mark would bring her in to his office we kind of take turns okay. we don't like leaving her at home no so um so yeah, so we, we kind of, we wouldn't really do it during the week now because it doesn't really make sense because we have her, unless we got a little sidecar. 
<laughs> I think that's a great idea. I put I Lexi mean, in the side. I think that's the obvious solution. It might seem a bit crazy. People are like, oh my God, she's dog crazy. There's 100%. like a gif with like a dog with the goggles on and I'm like, can't wait to make that happen and in real she life. she will be the best dressed <laughs> Rothweiler and those goggles will be definitely sponsored. They will be. By some brand. <laughs> Bell staff or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I bought a backpack to carry Belly in. I want to cycle in it with her on my back. But I didn't Bella's do it. huge. She's not that huge. She's only little. Okay. She's only little. <laughs> um, so fitness has became a big part of your life. And unfortunately, with, with your change of where yeah, you live and everything, live, that, yeah. you're, you're now training somewhere else. Where do you train now? Let's give them a little shout out as I'm well. I'm training in New Fitness in Malahide. Brilliant. They're brilliant, yeah. And your recent stuff, you've been showing off your abs. I have been. But you know what? They remind me of you guys because they're quite your a small... Your abs remind us. <laughs> <laughs> no, New Fitness does because when I started training with you, what I loved is that you're a little family unit and mm-hmm. you're, you're quite small and like you really get to know like the people that you're training, like it does become a family. Yeah. And the only reason I stopped working is when I'd moved back home. So mm-hmm. I wasn't even in town at the yeah. time. Um, and it's it's kind of hard. Like since then, I've just kind of gone from different place to different place. But I, what I really like about these guys is they're they're a local version of you, essentially. Brilliant. They're like a little family. And yeah, it's lovely. It's It's become part of my life now, working out. Since I started training with you guys, it did, like I was training three days a week with yeah. you. And now I still try and maintain three to five days a week. Wow, good one. And it's, I just feel like, again, it's a bit of headspace Do you for do me. it every morning, if you don't mind? I ask. try and do every morning, yeah. Yeah, trying to get the, the habits of all successful people. Yeah. So training first thing or training early enough after your black coffee? After my black coffee. Well, usually what I do is, like, we get up at 4.30... And we walk Lexi. Yeah, so we're early risers. We get up at 4.30 and we walk Lexi. And then by the time we get into town, it's so we'll give her like a good hour because she's she's a big dog. She needs a lot of walking. Yeah, I'm just so, looking at the clock. It's probably your bedtime now in a few minutes, <laughs> is it? You go go, to, if I you go get, get up at half four. I get up, go to bed at half nine. Yeah. yeah. I went to bed at 20 past eight last night. It was fantastic. It's, it's the best. Oh, I love And they always say the best sleep is the ones before that you get before 12. 12. Yeah. I agree so, with that. It's brilliant. I'm in bed by nine. And nothing good happens after 9pm anyway. Nothing good, (laughs) clearly. (laughs) So yeah, we get up at half four and we walk Lexi and then we usually leave at about half five and then I'll go training at around 6am. And then I'm done by seven, showered ready and I'm usually wherever I need to be by eight. And if, if I if I happen to have a shoot, the shoots usually happen quite early, like we're usually on set for half six, I'd usually just move my gym to another day, so. Or if I have to train in the evenings, I'll train in the evenings. But I do really... Like when I say have to, I mean, I have to for my, not just my body, but for my mental state yeah, as well. I, like I it's get that. such a, yeah, big part of me now. It's a huge part of me, obviously. And the, my frustration constantly, like last week I trained twice in the whole week and that was horrendous. The only reason I trained was because I made appointments to train with a friend of mine who I spar with and I went for a run with a friend of mine as well on the weekend. They were the only two sessions I did. And I was such on such yeah. a Debbie Downer. It makes such until, a difference. Until I got it back in the gym. Yeah. And people are like, oh, you're addicted if you need it. I'm like, no. I just love, mm. even if it's only a little stretch, I just love moving. And yeah. it sets me up to be productive. And if I've given a little bit to myself, I don't mind giving 10 or 12 hours to work. Yeah. But it feels so hard done by if I don't get to fit in my little 30 to 40 minutes of work in, workout at some stage in the day. I'm the same. It sets me up for the day. And like, exactly like you, I don't mind working really late, but I I need that time to kind of, yeah, set me up for the day and just get my head in the right space. So the fitness piece that you just did, was that like a 12 or 13 week transformation? Yeah, I did a 12 week transformation. So it was, to be honest, it was like, the same amount of training that I usually do, but I was just stricter with my just food. Just with your food. It always yeah. comes back to food. It always comes back to food, doesn't it? And it, it was, does. and it wasn't particularly restrictive. Mm-hmm. Like I was eating bagels and I was, you know, oh, like, yeah, I know. Maybe. I got to have a bagel. But um, it was just more focused and specific, I suppose. So like the days that I was training, I was having, I was able to have a bagel. I was able to have rice. I had my carbs that day. And then maybe the next day I wouldn't have. So it was almost like carb cycling, I guess. Yeah, so I don't know. Enough. More, you just took a bit more control around your food. And yeah. Did you feel the work benefits of that? Work benefits probably the wrong. Did you feel better clarity? Did you perform better in the workplace? Did you feel like you had more energy or did you feel the opposite? Uh, I don't think I actually felt anything specifically different because I do already train. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's always nice when you start, t- everything starts tightening up and yeah. clothes feel great on mm-hmm. you. Um, so in that s- sense, yeah, I, like I felt a little bit different, but it was more just a goal for me yeah. and I like setting goals and I like kind of overcoming certain things and I'm like can I do this yeah okay what did you overcome 
Tell me about the voices in your head. Tell Ooh, me about them. We're getting really deep now. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it was uh, like, I love my food. Like, if I bring it back to food, I love my food. I love my chocolate. I love my flat whites. I love the way you like cross your I arms. I know, like, I literally did cover like, my abs you're there. You're like curling yourself up there. <laughs> I love a good chocolate. I love it. Uh, but I do. And I feel like um, the challenge was just to be strict. And could I be strict? And could I meet those guidelines of, of, those goals, basically, like looking at that chocolate fire, but I really yeah, wanted it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think it's really good to do that every it's now and again. It's a really good thing to do. Yeah. I, um, I spoke to a psychologist, not in a private setting. She was talking <laughs> to the gym one That's time. That's not a bad thing, though. Not a bad thing. Sorry, no, I've spoken to psychologists in private settings as well. But I spoke to a psychologist one time about this and she spoke about length. In Ireland, in Ireland, right? So in, at, when it was Lent every year, everyone went into this 40 days of mm. giving up whatever it was, fast and abstinence and all of this sort of stuff. And there were so many great benefits to it and people went to mass every day and all that sort of stuff. We had this intense period of fasting that was fixed into our annual kind of calendar um, and people were all going to mass a lot more, i.e. they were going to spend 40 minutes or whatever that mass is, 45 minutes, 30 minutes on a Sunday sure morning. I don't, don't can't remember. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> I do go just for a while. But... Um, so there was essentially like mindfulness. You're sitting there, it's quiet, and you're reflective, you're doing that. And like, there was a huge amount of kind of, there's a huge amount to be gotten from that type of activity. Now, if you look at what, again, is a trend on social media now, it's people are fasting. People are looking for that kind of break. People are looking for mindfulness. It's been taken out of our Catholic kind of mindset. Yeah. You know, that was a part of our lives X amount of years ago and it's gone now. And I think for me, I just did, well, not just, God, it's three or four months ago now, but I did it like that. I did a week long thing. It was, you know, elimination diet. And I felt this kind of spiritual piece to it. Mm. I know how tacky that sounds, but I was like, something really, I'm learning a lot about myself here. This is very different and extreme to how I usually eat and live. And it was, there was something quite rewarding about that. And it's something really fulfilling about completing it, isn't there? Yeah. 100%. What happens when you're finished though? What happened for you when you finished that? Was it like, it's like the leaving starts over and you're going to devour a Domino's? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you already know. Because I told you on the you way missed in. the point. It no. wasn't spiritual for you no, at all. No, it wasn't. The, 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 no, that part wasn't spiritual for me. Like I did devour a Bunsen burger straight after. Bunsen burger? Yeah. There's one across the road so I'm going to walk out my hands <laughs> on my eyes so I don't see it. I did. I literally left and I was like, like it was, uh, we, we were like, we'll take it, we'll do photos. Just to capture oh, yeah. the abs. Of course. And um and then I went and had a Bunsen burger. But we it wasn't my goal wasn't to get abs. My my goal was more just to to get a, like an elite fitness that I hadn't pushed myself or challenged myself to before. Um and to feel amazing and I did feel amazing and I sorry I've maintained it so I'm still go like not that I've no, you look I fantastic sorry you came I'm, in here with the abs yeah. on show today and both myself and Shane were like well done <laughs> picture on Instagram to back that up but you know what it was I was like I, I've kept I've kept up the training like I'm a little bit more relaxed on the food but um but I'm, I've kept up the training side of things and I'm still going uh, to my trainer three days a week because I actually just really enjoyed it. Yeah. So like while it was a, like it was it was meant to just be 12 weeks, I'm like, yeah, I'm coming back next week. And he's like, no, you're done. I'm like, no, no, I'm coming back. What a silly trainer. Don't say that. <laughs> like, yeah, keep coming back. Now you have to do but, a 10 week one. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> do you drink? I do. Okay. And did you find, did we have booze free for the 12 weeks? I was, yeah. How'd you find that? Fine. Yeah, it's grand. Yeah, isn't totally it? fine. It's not a big deal. No, it's not a big deal. I'm not like I don't go out massively at the weekends or anything. I'm That's not nice. like I enjoy a glass of red wine at night. Mm -hmm. It's more and more we're, that kind we're of. We're so in our thirties. Yeah, we're so. I, I love a good love, glass of red nothing wine. Nothing good happens after nine o'clock at night. <laughs> love a good glass of red wine. Love if to you walk take at four all the quotes, morning. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, we're up seventy years of age. Do you get the fear? The old fear after like a bottle of wine or a glass of wine, sorry, do you get that Wednesday three-day delay hangover or has that ever been something you've dealt with? Um, No, only if I drink loads, which okay. I haven't done in a while. In a long time. In a okay. while. Okay. So, yeah. Because usually that's, I think that hits us in our late 20s and 30s where you just get this, oh my God, the sky is falling down sensation. Oh yeah, no, I used to be able to drink. I oh, used yeah. to be I like, could drink. Yeah, yeah, I could drink, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, don't do that anymore. <laughs> I turned 30 and that was all over. So... 30s are great. They are. Is your industry an industry that kind of, there's a timeline on it or do people, I mean, I'm sure fashion people go on to whatever, like you're never going to stop working as a stylist and as a creative director and as a, all of that sort of stuff. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? I hate that question. Now that you're, I know, I hate it as well, but you've got to ask yourself that because otherwise you'll be still sitting here doing podcasts with a chump like me in 10 years and you've got to have something I'd bigger. I'd be pretty happy about that in 10 years time. <laughs> uh, no, like I said, I, I feel like, 
I mean, the world is my oyster. I, I can, really I can, I can pretty much, if I wanted to turn my back on fashion completely and reinvent myself, I actually have no problem with that because I feel like I'm the type of person that would put my heart and soul in something yeah. anyway. You'd be a great trainer if the fashion I, thing ever doesn't see, work you out. Never you never know. I could come and work for you. Um, but I don't, I don't really know. I, I know um, at the moment I would like it to still be in fashion. I'd like to be in the creative realm. I would love to be in a position where people fly me all over the world to do what yeah. I do or to like even just consult. I feel like I'd be really good like creative consultant mm-hmm. uh, because I have that kind that that in me to yeah. to help other brands. Um, but I feel like, yeah, it's going to be a natural evolution. Like I'm, I still have a lot in me in terms of like photo shoots and I still love that. Like it's still yeah. my favorite part yeah, yeah, is yeah, the yeah. buzz of being on set and then seeing it. I actually just had a, a shoot come out today in Image magazine. So like I love that Lovely. Um, side seeing of it. Everything. To, that's your, you know, couch to 5k or whatever is that your little goal yeah. it's like seeing a little those little landmarks of things happening yeah. along the way and that's for me what I get so addicted to with my clients is, sh- is being seeing able to their share go- yeah. their journey yeah. and seeing them evolve and seeing all that stuff happen for them and all the you know the obviously dropping body fat's a big part of it but all the other stuff that comes with it as well Yeah, it, it's hard to know for me I'm I mean, I had a business meeting today with somebody and he was like, well, where do you want to be in five years? And I can never answer it. And I mm. need to be able to answer it. And I write out my goals and then they change. I do the same. And it's, it, I do small goals though. So like yeah. I have a thing where every year I write the things that I want to achieve within that year. And they might not necessarily, like it could be like land a new TV gig or it could, and to be honest, each, every time I put them, like last year I was like, okay, I want to get like, um, like an agent that can kind of help me maybe get onto and I got an agent and then like you know I wanted to get a column at the time and I got a column and like different things I wanted to win as well do you know what it actually it wasn't oh interesting so you just put out your you kind of write out your businessy things more so yeah I really just put out my business things and I let the other stuff just fall into place you you have real good faith in yourself don't you you kind of have to don't you because sometimes the fear kicks in so you have to just keep you know charging up the old faith internally yeah. somehow you just seem to know that you're going to be continuously getting more and more successful for the next 10 years 20 years 40 years whatever I think if I oh, if I cramp. keep grafting <laughs> you alright yeah, okay. <laughs> I think if I keep grafting the way that I'm like oh, looking right. at you going oh my god are you alright if I kick you under the table it's <laughs> nothing intentional okay I think we're good I think it's past um, <laughs> no I, th- I, I do have good faith but I feel like it's because I'm a grafter yeah. and like I never expect, I never just expect things to happen. Nothing has just happened. No, never like does. nothing ever happened overnight. Like I came, when I first came back to Ireland, I was 21 and I really wanted to be a stylist. That was it. I was like, I'm going to be a stylist. And my parents were really supportive. But then after a couple of months, they were like, maybe you should take that job with yeah. All Saints because yeah. they'd offered me a job because I used to work there. And I was like, no, I'm not working in retail. I'm going to be a stylist. And I just had this like innate yeah, faith in myself. I, I was love like, this. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. These are the nuts and bolts. The stuff that you have and that you're talking about now, these are the things that people have to train and build up in themselves, yeah. in in my view, to be successful in anything like life. You just have to believe in that. Yeah. And you have to have a put belief. energy. And it's like, when I when I ask you about that, you, it's it's so built into you that you don't even realize it nearly. Mm. But it's like bouncing out of you. I was like, no, no, I'm going to be a stylist. I'm going to be a whatever. I'm going to learn it to ride a Harley Davidson. Yeah. I'm going to have abs. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, okay, she definitely has that little box ticked. Do you do anything to practice that? Is that just something that's built into you from an early stage? For, I mean, I don't know, from your parents, what from sport? What can you sport? do to practice it? Well, I have to practice. I have to write out stuff for myself at one stage when I forgot really lost where I was. So I had to literally write down what I wanted to do. Look mm. at it every day. Say it every day. I do put my goals like on a note, note board behind so me. So see it every day. So I see it. How long have you been doing that? My whole career. Like 11 years. Okay, so it's not just by chance. No, like so, like, and it is a constant. I used to actually hide it behind because I have like a mood board on my wall. Yeah. Yeah, So I like lift it up and I, yeah. Come into my apartment, I'm like, don't look at my, yeah. Adrian stuff. I do feel it's quite personal as well because you want to reach those goals, but you want it to, I, I don't even know how to put it into words. I just, I, I wouldn't necessarily, it's not like I take a picture of it and put it up on my Instagram and go, these are my goals for the year. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's something that you need to achieve on your own Yeah. without necessarily, 
yeah, putting it out there, justifying it or yeah. getting acceptance or anything else. Like yeah, that. exactly. Done. So you could say that it's 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 the place that's coming from for you. It's like it's not coming from a place of I'm doing this so that I guess X amount of followers. Or I'm doing this so that people think I'm great. It's like you're doing this because you're doing it, and yeah. you, don't, you don't really you don't even know why you just want to do it, and that's it. Is that fair to say? Absolutely, and it doesn't even. They're not always massive things either. They're not always like. They could be small goals like redo my website this year yeah. because like that's something and sometimes I need to write that down because you get so caught up in everything else that's going picture. on that it doesn't it doesn't end up getting done. So like mm-hmm. I'm just I'm I'm a list writer, I'm a goal writer. I have a big belief in writing things down yeah. and and making sure that you achieve them. You're the third person who said that here. Hmm, so I and I I don't write enough anymore and I used to write more so I gotta get back on my I writing. walk around with a notepad. I, I never leave well. the house without a notepad. I was gonna take my notepad out today, but I thought you laugh at it because it's like <laughs> say something about drinking tea or something. <laughs> no I'm like a notepad girl and I'm even like I don't I use like a written calendar like I still write everything oh. I don't use my phone for that because I feel like I have enough technology in my life but there is, has been research and I'm not going to quote any of it but there has been research about so for with goals you're 30% more likely to achieve a goal if you write it down hmm. okay so if you write a goal down there's a you, we understand what that means but you're 70% more likely to achieve a goal if you write it down and proclaim it to the world. Now that can be just share it with your partner. It doesn't mean put it on Instagram. Okay. But if you say, look, I'm going to be a stylist, as you said to your parents, I'm writing this down as you've been doing for years. Mm. And if you do that, and if it's something that you're like, I'm sure you have these conversations with people all the time about what you're going to do or achieve. Yeah. You want to achieve that piece in that magazine. That yeah. I can't remember it. <laughs> and I did it and I did see it in Croatia, wasn't it? Yeah. So like, there's, it's not by chance that you are where you are today. Yeah. How do you feel about it when people say to you, God, you're very lucky, aren't you? You've done well. You're very lucky. It's a very Irish thing, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, because it's only luck. There's no other reason that you'd be where you are. Yeah, I, I usually just say something like, well, it's a little bit more than luck. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> to do with the 10,000 hours I've spent working yeah. on whatever. But that is our, it is a bit of an Irish thing as well. We give out about the Irish a lot, and I don't mean to do that. But it is a case. Do you have anyone who inspires you, motivates you? Is there like a person who you're like, yeah, I've got my eye on that person. That's what I want to achieve. Or do you just do Courtney Smith and do it really well? I used to, well, I used to have like uh, a level of career that I wanted to reach as a stylist and it was a stylist in the UK and I, they say never meet your heroes and I oh, truly no. believe that because I met her and she was quite nasty. Well, nasty's not the right, I went up to her and I said, I was at a fashion show uh, at London Fashion Week and I went over to her and I said, I just wanted to introduce myself. I'm, and this was like six years ago, so I was still kind of, at the beginning of my career, but mm-hmm. like still, I was very well established in Ireland, but yeah. still at the beginning, if, if you look sense. back. And I went over and I said, I just really... <laughs> that was my chair, I promise. <laughs> I just went over and I, I said, I just wanted to come over and introduce myself. You have been hugely inspiring to me. I would love to, I basically have like made my career based on yours because she did TV and she did editorial, which is quite rare. Like I'm, I'm still one of the only one ones that cross over both. Yeah. And you're usually an editorial magazine stylist or a, or a TV stylist. Okay. Um, and she's one that just did both. And I just always looked at her and said, that's where I'm going to be. And I, so I went over to her and I said all this to her and I was like, I just really like, I'd love to have a career like yours. And she just looks at me and she goes, good luck. No way. And I was like, oh, oh, oh okay. My God. And I think from then I was like, well, I'm not going to like. Be a bitch. Well, I never, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not going to be a bitch. I never was. Though. When anyone ever comes up to me or sends me an email saying I want to be a stylist, I always write back. I always give them time because I think you have to. Mm-hmm. Um but also, I just kind of was like, okay, I'm never going to put someone on a pedestal again. I'm never going to be like, that's the career that I'm going to have. I'm going to carve out my own career and it'll be different to anybody else's Brilliant. and better than hers. Yeah, that, <laughs> that is like, and I find it so strange. I've never, aside from meeting Colin Farrell one time, I've never gotten excited about meeting anybody ever. Mm. I'm just like, it's just another human being. Don't yeah. know why Colin Farrell was just pretty cool. Um, but like... But I'm the same. I wor- I've worked with a lot you of celebrities. Must work with amazing yeah. celebrities. They're just people. Yeah, I like see- they don't phase me. No, yeah. celebrities don't phase me. She, I got excited to meet her because it was like a career thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I kind of, I really thought like, this is someone who basically has my career. This is where I, I want. Like she's, she was older than me, and I was like, so in ten years time, I want to be where she is. Yeah. And I just thought she had the nastiest attitude, and it just kind of really turned me. 
So maybe she yeah. hadn't achieved success in some other parts of her life then. Exactly. Maybe, maybe she, she wasn't a very much. happy person. She yeah. didn't have balance. <laughs> oh my God, it's crazy. The celebrity thing gets me all the time. I've seen grown men wet themselves when they see Paul O'Connell or some famous celebrity on the street and you're like, lads, will you just calm down the man a bit? Yeah. You know, you can be put in a pedestal and very quickly... Knocked uh, right back down. Exactly. So what do you think is your biggest why and your biggest driving force and your biggest kind of purpose for want of these are all words that people like to use here and mm. like, I'm driven by a big purpose or I'm, I, I found out what my why is and then I move forward what do you think your why is or what's your purpose for to, being a stylist to improve how Irish people dress <laughs> uh, well, it doesn't have to be for a stylist is that something that you've ever even thought about because defining your purpose um, having a good, greater sense of spirituality uh, keeping a you know, journaling stuff, yeah. writing out your goals. These are common trends that we see amongst people who, you know, who are successful in different realms of life. So is purpose something that you're like, oh, I have no idea what that even means, really? Uh, and yeah, I mean, I've never, I've never okay, thought about it. Way. Well, then yeah. that's grand. You don't have to think about it. It's more, I just want to see these common traits come in and go, ah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, because I've always just wanted to be the best that I can be as a star. Like, as in, so I all, I've, I've kind of, do you know what I do? I, I want people within my industry and outside of the industry to think I'm really good at what I do. To know, no, not think, to know I'm good at what oh, I do. Oh, yes, well done. So, like, I, n- not that I want them to be like, oh, you're amazing, but I, I just want to be, yeah, I want to be the best at what I'm doing and I want to know what I'm putting out there, whether it's a design collection in a few years' time or whether it's a photo shoot. I love... I love people to open up my shoots and go, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Or to be inspired by it. Brilliant. And they can be inspired in different ways from it. It could be a, photo- a young photographer going, that's what I want to do. Or it could be somebody going, oh, I'd love to buy that dress. Like they could take it in so many different ways. Like that's creative. That's yeah. art. So in, yeah. in a sense, so people take them. And that's it. I want to I, I want to keep putting beautiful, creative so things So be the best there. you can be. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. You mentioned people emailing you looking for advice, wanting to be styled. So if, if you were to give three tips... Oh, how long do we have left? <laughs> um, quick tips. Three quick tips. Um, graft, yep. number one. Um, be as creative as you can be because part of what I do, there's a very commercial side to it as well. Mm. So when I can be creative, that's like when I'm working with the likes of Image Magazine or Elle or whoever it is, yep. and you can do these beautiful editorial shoots, but money. that doesn't make the money yep. at all. Uh, what makes the money is the commercial stuff, which is the slightly more boring stuff, but it has to be done. It's yeah. like you have to do both. You, you, you'll you never get to do just one. Mm-hmm. Um, so graft, be as creative as you can. And uh, oh, three, write down your goals. Well done. Thank you. Yes. We're like, <laughs> panic, I'm like, what is panic, this? <laughs> panic. Okay, excellent. So what's commercially, what do you have coming up that's exciting? Are you working on any new projects? Are you working on I am. I'm going to be working else? on Elvery's again. We just did the Christmas one. I'll be doing their New Year one as well. Yes. So uh, the new stuff that'll be coming out for spring. Um, so that's kind of the next commercial gig. And I just did Chupi, you know, the Irish designer? Oh, the jewellery. Is, yeah, is that jewellery? Gorgeous jewellery. Yes. So yeah, I just yeah. did their campaign, which oh, will be coming brilliant. out in early January. So. Where is that? Is that online or is that? So the shoot will be online and in their store, which is in Paris Court Shopping Centre. So yeah, kind of ticking. What's, but what's interesting is that was a commercial job, but it was actually really creative yeah. because she's so creative. Okay. So. Um, and it's nice to work directly with the creator yeah. of the business that must be like, she, that and is she's, really got a, she's got a very uh, specific uh, visual that is her brand like mm. she is her brand so it, you don't have to go too far off that uh, you can you, it's very easy to to kind of work with her anyway yeah, yeah 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 and like you said earlier it's lovely to work with people on set yes. and learn from someone like that yes. and be inspired by them and all of that magic magic stuff actually very interesting thing I just remembered I meant to speak to you at start you worked with me at one stage remember that Remind me. Remember you had to step in to be a personal trainer. No, I'm joking. You did a thing with a company I worked with one time. You went in and spoke about yes, that. I forgot all about that's it. That's so much fun. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing. I'm, I feel like I could talk about this for ages because you so... That was co- a totally... It was a corporate event corporate and events, I went yeah. in and talked about how to dress for the office. Dressing for success. Dressing for success. That, that's actually... Wasn't it called something... Something like that. Yeah, it was part of a 12-week like uh, corporate event that yeah. I ran with a large company um, and the feedback we got was unbelievable yeah. from that. It was like, I still have that slideshow. Oh my <laughs> yeah. goodness. So it was talking about what tie to wear with what shoes yeah. basically and how to dress for whatever and and just simple little tricks like as in how an unbuttoned top button doesn't look cool it looks sloppy 
Right. But just, but it is, you know, you're not wearing, not wearing a shirt. But it is true. Like, as in, there's there's a time and place for it. But in the office, I'm looking over, are you wearing? No, Shane, no, Shane's smart. He's, he's hipster. He's pretty hipster. He's got it dialed in. <laughs> but it was just a little thing, because that was an office environment anyway. Yeah. But that's a totally, again, like I said at the beginning, I dipped my toes into so many different yeah. avenues. And I can do that as a stylist because it really is quite broad. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of, like, there's people that just do magazine shoots, uh, but they're in-house in the magazine. So they're hired by the magazine. Magazine, and so they stay there, they, and okay. they stay there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas, like, I'm freelance, so I kind of feel, yeah, it, it's lovely now. There was a time, there's, and there's still times that it's very scary. Yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna, like, there's probably Shane's nodding his head over. He's like, yeah, I know all about that. Yeah, freelance, Wait, waiting scary. to get paid, of course uh, it waiting is. to get paid. But also, mm. there's probably maybe ten to twelve of us that do what I do in Dublin. There's only three magazines. And there's yeah. only a hand, like like what maybe twenty Irish brands that shoot. So you're constantly pitching, constantly. Like every every week, I'm doing up mood boards and pitching. But there could be five other stylists that are pitching for the same gig. Mm. So you constantly have to be on your toes. You constantly have to be coming up with new creative ideas. What's the one thing that's going to put you past the next person to yeah. get the gig. Um, and sometimes, obviously, you, you're getting a repeat client and that's great, but then they might decide to shake things up one season. Wow. So you are, yeah, you're constantly kept on your toes. I never feel safe. Even though I am established, I never feel safe. I feel like I am constantly evolving. Wow, so you never feel safe and you couldn't breathe in your last studio. Two things that, two negatives that have, they're the only two that I picked up from the whole chat. Yeah. No, I, I could breathe in my studio. No, in your was... previous one, you said like you wanted to breathe again and you couldn't breathe. We'll have to yeah. rewind back and hear what that was, Shane. But like, what, what's a lot, like, what's that little thing that keeps you awake at night, if anything? Is it, is it like that? Is it like, sugar, I haven't been paid? Is it, it's... oh my God, I'm, whatever, living in Ireland still, I thought it'd be somewhere else. Or is it something personal or it, you don't no, have to is, talk about no, it? No, it is usually, um, you know, there's quiet times, like each, like this particular time, it's, it's quiet season. So when it starts getting into sales season, we don't tend to shoot for for very long. Because done your shoots Because we've done the shoots, season. yeah. Okay. So as in the, all the shoots that I did for Christmas are just coming out now, but we shot them within the last two months. Yeah. And if you were anywhere else in the world, you'd already be shooting spring. But we don't really have that luxury here. We don't usually have the closing time or okay. we don't really have like well. we, we don't have the weather. But like for we most part, I usually travel. Well. So I'll usually be abroad shooting mm-hmm. spring, summer in January, February. Um, so there is lulls. And now that I'm 11 years in the business, I'm a lot more comfortable with the lulls. Like I realize they're coming and that's fine. Yeah. And I kind of I'm prepared for them. But still you still get a little oh, bit of nervousness kind of going. Like if I if I was to open up my diary for you, I have absolutely no jobs booked in from the second week of December going forward. Like I mean not one job. And you, if you if anyone else looked at that, they'd be like, oh God, but I know they'll you know come. It now. I know now it'll come. So and I, yeah. There's a piece that you could again offer to that person who wants to be a stylist or a person who wants to start out working for themselves. Like you have to have that faith that yeah. business will come once you're putting it out there. And I can relate that, especially I've got whatever amount of coaches working with me now, 18 or 19 full and part-time coaches. So that people have to get paid. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, whenever that invoice comes in, that'll be great. And it's so difficult, isn't it? Yeah. But you just have to Bills go. Bills to pay, people yeah. to pay. And it's a case of just taking off that hat in the evening and going, right, I'm not going to let that be the last thing I think about. But it's quite, it's quite difficult to distance yourself from it, I think. So I'm not going to keep you any longer because I know the two of us could chat a lot. Um, if we were to close off and say, what are your kind of, your your, your future plans are, are to get creative, do a few more little projects yeah. and do that sort of stuff. Like, what's your plans for Christmas? What are you personally doing? Have you anything else? Are you going to run a marathon? Are you going to get <laughs> no. even more abs? Have you any other little personal stuff or is it all business goals for you moving forward? Uh, no, I'm, I'm renovating a house at the moment and that is taking over a lot of my life, which is a good thing. Really it's a enjoyable. nice project yeah. to work on. So we're hoping that we're in by Christmas and we're going to have oh, both families for Christmas. So we're going to, Love we're going to host Christmas. Super. Yeah. You so guys all and Lexi. Go, all, yeah, us and Lexi. Oh, so all going to plan, that's what's going to happen. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, like you, you just to kind of touch back on it, because you mentioned like not to worry about oh, yeah. things happening if, if people want to become a stylist. You still have to like not only just graft, but like I never sit waiting. 
So while while there's no jobs written there, I'm not quoted, sitting waiting either. Yeah, I'm constantly pitching. I I have ideas out for TV shows. I have ideas out for shoots. I have ideas out for websites. And I've got mood boards with every editor that there is, with every brand that there is. They have here's Courtney's mood boards for spring summer. So I'm yes. ready. Like I'm I'm two months ahead of my schedule to say, and then I will follow up with them. Going hi. Did you get my email? Like, you can't sit waiting. So you can be the chirpy little, hi, did you get the email? But at the back of you, you're a bit of a badass. Let's just oh, be honest. Yeah. No, you I'm badass. You ride a Harley, you're badass, <laughs> you have a mood board, and you have a Rottweiler. Yeah. What more could you want? What more could you want? <laughs> well, listen, as always, an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks uh, for Thanks so me. much for your time. It's been my pleasure. I love talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, I won't keep you any longer. Thank you so much. Thanks and so much. have an absolutely fantastic Christmas in your new home. You too.